This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Sierra Doctor and Randy Conan. To start us off, we have Harvest Hotline, sponsored by the North Dakota Mill, Amity Technology, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Rain was hard to come by this past growing season for Kevin Esler at Foxholm, Minnesota. We were in about a six-mile circle probably that was dry all summer. I think we had, uh, we've had more rain in October than we had May through uh, August. Esler is surprised with the yields he got on his farm. Late season rains helped the sugar beet crop. We probably had an above average crop overall for Mindac. In my area we were drought. We were probably down maybe 10 to 20 percent in yield, but overall it was good. Hallock, Minnesota farmer Kelly Erickson has finished up with harvest for the year. Erickson says soybean harvest started immediately after they finished up small grains. Soybean harvest went real well. We finished up our grain harvest and, uh, and then we got right into soybeans. Uh, the soybean harvest went well again because it was dry. I, I was a little disappointed in the soybeans. I thought they looked way better than they produced, but it must have been just so dry at a certain time that they didn't have time to develop enough pods. So you probably heard, you know, there's a lot of popcorn showers going on around the around the area, you know, where one section would get rain and one wouldn't. And, uh, and you know, we, we have several fields like that. And weather was very cooperative during sugar beet harvest. The first part of sugar beet harvest was kind of warm and wet, and then things kind of settled down, and I think we took our crop off in eight to ten days, and uh, we did that because it was dry. It was, it was uh, good harvesting. You know, the sugar beet crop looked okay, but I guess most of us were just surprised about, about you know, the type of yields that were out there, and... Uh, kind of hard to understand, you know, uh, a lot of us would walk around or visit with our neighbors and say, where the heck did this crop come from? Edgeley, North Dakota farmer Mike Brandenburg received only a small amount of snow this weekend, but the trouble came with the excessive moisture. It's kind of uh, more so, I don't know, we didn't get, you know, we got probably two to three inches of snow, so that wasn't so terrible, but it was the wet moisture before the snow that went into the corn ears and, uh, made everything so wet. We went out the other night and tried to combine and you know, about mid midnight, well, about 11, we started. By midnight, we ended back at the shop all full of ice and snow. It wasn't cold enough. It, it just didn't work. But uh, we do plan on going out at 3 o'clock, 3 a.m. after midnight. It's supposed to get down to 15 tonight, this, this morning. So we're gonna, we're, our plans are to try to harvest corn then. Brandenburg says corn harvest this year may be stretched out for a few weeks with the snow putting an effective stop to a lot of the harvest. This corn harvest turns into a 24-hour type of thing where, you know, whenever you get a chance to climb in the sleeper in the truck, it takes five, ten minutes, you got to do it because that's the only way you're going to get it done. You just got to you just gotta work at it, keep uh, keep going, and and that's, uh, that's how harvest is. That's, uh, every year you deal with some snow and here we are again you know it was we were having fun in the nice warm weather and taking the corn off and 
you know, put it in a bin and put it in a bag, and, and all of a sudden this happens, and it's it's a hiccup in uh, corn harvest. At Mandan, North Dakota, Dennis Renner wrapped up soybean harvest before last week's winter storm. I would say the soybeans are pretty well wrapped up in the area. Uh, there might be a, an occasional field here and there, but uh, I would say the majority of the people have uh, have that harvest completed. Having completed it probably within a few days of the storm, I know we got ours done uh, you know, about a week before the, before the blizzard. We're working on corn since then. Storing corn may require some change of plans as recent weather has made transporting grain from the field more challenging. The snow is going to make traveling with semis going to hamper that. You aren't going to get around like you were before. So we're thinking about putting our corn. We've got about 300 acres in one spot, and uh, I'm thinking about just making a pile out there. We've got a pretty good spot where we could do that, and all we would have to do is just grain cart the corn over to the auger and put it on a pile and clean it up this winter when maybe things will be a little better. I think that I'd like to get the corn off the field. You never know. We get more snow and constitutes more weather losses. Oahe Grain Co-op General Manager Tim Lukin says harvest has come to an abrupt stop after less than two inches of snow fell. Well, as of last Thursday, everything came to a screeching halt. Uh, it started to rain during the day. Towards the evening, it started to sleet. It got extremely cold, and then we got snow. Um, I would say in this area, we probably maybe got an inch and a half, two inches. Uh, but it's on top of the sunflower heads and um, in the corn stalks and on, you know, everything there. So there hasn't been any, there hasn't been a wheel turn since last Thursday. Basically, a wait-and-see mode. Um, we've had a few people call wanting to know how much room we have left. And Lucan says off-farm storage may be full this year. You know, we've been telling our producers in the area, uh, if you do need to bring some uh, corn or any grains to town, please do it ASAP because when we go full, um, I mean, that's going to be it for us. We don't pile on the ground, but there there are some farmers that have been putting some crop into bags out in the fields already also. Columbia Grains, our villa location grain buyer, Tyler Stegman, says we'll need uh, some better weather before the combines will be able to roll again. Yeah, I think this uh, this wet, heavy snow, um, I don't know what they call it. They call it a dry line maybe where we were wetter and not, not cold enough, so the snow hung up on the cobs and... Uh, and then we got the cold air right behind it. And it, it, I've talked to a few guys where the corn on the cob, it's actually like a, a ball of ice almost, not just, not just snow. So we're going to need a little sunshine, a little warmer temperatures, knock that snow down before a lot of guys get going again. And Harvest Hotline brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the North Dakota Mill, and Amity Technology. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. There's a chance of sporadic precipitation the next few days. National Weather Service Grand Forks-based meteorologist Tyler Thomas says a few more days of colder temperatures are in the forecast until later on this week. Uh, so looking not particularly interesting here the next couple of days, definitely below average as far as temperatures go. Um, highs generally in the mid to upper 30s around there, some low 30s as you get further north. Um, not really looking at much for precip, maybe a couple snow showers here this afternoon with briefly gusty winds. 
then pretty calm through the midweek and another chance for some precip later on towards the Friday-Saturday period, but not too certain on much details there. Temperatures will gradually warm up above freezing across the area. Yeah, so generally cold these next two days here, but by the time we get in towards Wednesday, Thursday, kind of touching that 40-degree mark for most of west-central Minnesota and northern South Dakota there. Those areas that have less than three inches or so of snowpack could see some more bare ground appearing here through the week, but if you have a little more than that, probably staying a little more on the white side for the foreseeable future. St. Lawrence Seaway Management Cooperation and Uniform reached a tentative agreement on Sunday that ended a week-long strike. Beginning this morning, workers returned to operate the 13 locks that had been closed for international imports and exports. The agreement will need to be ratified by union members in the upcoming days. Farmland values remain strong, but Ag Country Farm Credit Services land appraiser Chad Wigestrand is seeing the value increase slowing in northwestern Minnesota. Still very strong sales. Uh, probably in the next few weeks we'll see if there's going to be another climb in values because I have a few auction sales coming up in that time. But as of now, it's to me, it seems like it's plateaued a little bit. Uh, not going down at all, but still very strong. And Wiggerstrand says land values in the valley do remain very strong. My valley land is, is very strong. Um, get outside of the valley, I would say my sales have slowed down on that type of land. Probably a little tougher to get record values, but there's still strong values out there, just not like the valley land that people are, it's always sought after. And you can hear more from Wigestrand and fellow Ag Country appraiser A.J. Hammond in the latest edition of the Well-Grounded podcast from Acres and Shares and the Red River Farm Network. Gowan USA Agriculture Relations Director Cindy Smith says while there are a lot of higher priorities to be worked through in Congress, recent Supreme Court decisions have sparked discussion of overreach that could impact animal agriculture. So the Supreme Court has actually made two decisions that um, uh, people should pay attention. One is the Prop 12, another is one they made around uh, lobsters and the Endangered Species Act. And so both of those decisions would signal that there has been overreach uh, in terms of regulation. And so I think there are discussions going on uh, about how do we have regulations that are meaningful but will also be legally defensible in the court system. So I think there are discussions around preemption uh, and things like that that are, are taking place in Congress. And electric vehicles may not be the final answer to climate change mitigation when it comes to road vehicles, especially when using the most up-to-date emissions models. That's according to Minnesota Biofuels Association Executive Director Brian Werner. An all-electric vehicle future is not inevitable. If you use the Argon Group model and use a life cycle carbon emissions analysis, EVs and cars running on higher blends of biofuels actually uh, have a very similar environmental impact. We just want consumers to be able to make the decision that's best for them. And going forward, I think that means making sure that EVs and, bio, and cars that run on higher blends of biofuels have a level playing field in the current marketplace. The grain started out this morning quietly choppy. Lowen and Associates market analyst Matt Hines says the grains remain very choppy. Yeah, grains have kind of just been all over the place here this morning. Uh, you know, overnight we were mixed. Beans were, you know, trying to extend the rally, and you know, corn traded both sides of unchanged. Wheat actually set some new lows, but uh, as you said, we're we're you know a little bit lower corn, a little bit lower beans, and and wheat right now actually trying to trying to find some green territory and hold it.
not a whole lot of new news really out there here today. Go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com. Sign up for the weekly FarmNet News e-newsletter. You can also download this broadcast, as well as follow us on Facebook and Twitter, all at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. BASF has launched the Poncho Votivo Precise Seed Treatment for the 2024 growing season. This is a unique product that provides protection for soybeans from insects and nematodes. BASF Senior Field Technical Representative Troy Bauer said nematodes are a parasitic roundworm that are found in most areas where soybeans are grown. Uh, nematodes are kind of a silent yield robber, but they're very devastating. They're the leading cause of soybean yield loss in the United States, uh, costing growers about $1.5 billion in yield an- annually. So they're very devastating. And unfortunately, you really can't see the effects of nematodes above ground. They're a below-ground uh, pest. And uh, as a result, you can get up to 30% yield loss without really seeing any above-ground uh, visible symptoms. The Poncho Votivo Precise Seed Treatment is designed to get the soybean crop off to a good start. You will get a uh, positive uh, growth response with Poncho Votivo, not only from the uh, protection that it provides, but uh, the bacilli strain as well as the Poncho will uh, lead to increased uh, early growth in the season uh, and enhanced yield growth uh, in addition to the protection. So uh, you will get a... uh, uh, a nice uh, boost in terms of yield potential with that as well. Uh, but uh, we really like to uh, focus on uh, the, the protection that we get out of this product that will uh, lead to a higher yield potential for our growers out there. A quick look at markets before we leave you. Minneapolis, December wheat down a penny and a half at 7.18 and a quarter. March down a penny and a quarter. Chicago wheat nine and a quarter lower at five sixty six and a quarter. Kansas City down two cents at six forty five. December corn down a penny and a half at four seventy nine and a half. November soybeans fourteen and a quarter lower at twelve eighty three. Canola down sixteen dollars ten cents a metric ton at six sixty six forty Canadian. Live cattle, December futures a dollar two higher at one eighty three twenty five. February live cattle a dollar higher at one eighty three ninety five. November feeder cattle eighty five cents higher at two thirty seven seventy five. Lean hogs, December futures ninety two cents higher at seventy one forty. This is the Red River Farm Network. Thank you.